What is going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's Pardon the Disruption. I can guarantee you that you're going to enjoy this show. We've gotten a little rowdy before the start, and I see that we're continuing it. I am your host, Matthew Potter. I am your short sale connection, hedge fund connection, co-owner of The Family Tree at Real Broker. In the event that you need help with anything real estate, feel free to go ahead and reach out to me. Let me see what I can do to help you out. Uh, for those that are tuning in for the first time, you're definitely in for a uh, treat. As I mentioned, we have the A-plus squad today, and they are ready to go. The way we do things around here is there are five pre-selected questions. Each one of our esteemed panel members will get 45 seconds to answer. Then we'll chop it up for two minutes. There will be a sixth question that comes from our audience, so go ahead and comment in the chat on YouTube. You can also text your question to question uh, 33777. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into it, start introducing our panel today. We're going to start it off with Steve Trang. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Steve Trang, Real Estate Disruptors. Uh, I- I'm not sure how the show is going to go. There was a lot of abuse. There's a lot of colorful language. I'm going to do my best to keep this show professional, but man, my hopes are not very high today. Uh, I. I might actually agree with you on that one, Steve. There we go. All right. Next up, we have uh, Hans, who's ready to go ahead and invade <laughs> Iceland, uh, also known as RJ Bates Third. What's up, guys? RJ Bates Third from Titanium Investments. Um, honestly, I was looking around the office this morning, and I just tried to find something shinier than the top of Eric's head. And I saw this helmet over there. Oh, this um, also, knew Mr. Jimmy Vreeland was with us today and I uh, had to prepare myself for battle. So, looking forward to today's episode. Absolutely. I, I, I told y'all, we're, we're in for it today. Next up, we have the shiniest head in York, Pennsylvania. We have Eric Brewer. Talk to us. Uh, yeah, Eric Brewer, Central PA, the original king of novations, been doing them since 2009. I've uh, now taught over 400 investors nationwide how to double their business without touching their lead flow. Other than that, I am Titanium Investments' number one multifamily buyer in the U.S., uh, Jimmy's <laughs> perennial number one draft pick in basketball, um, Steve's <laughs> personal sales coach. And Matthew Potter's daddy. So just a little back wow. to me. Um, just wanted to give everybody some context before we dig in. Happy Father's Day, Eric. Thank you. <laughs> Better late than never. Oh, holy shit. This from the guy that literally has doubled York, Pennsylvania's population since, you know, 2000. So Personal. thanks for You're that. Welcome. Thanks for that, bro. We, we appreciate well, you. Never, you have built in best friends now. You have all these brothers and sisters right, uh, that you can I, for the rest of your life. I, I appreciate that. Um, last but certainly not least, coming to us, we have Jimmy Vreeland. Go ahead and introduce yourself, boss. Hey, Potter. I missed you. <laughs> missed you too, bro. Missed you too. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Vreeland, St. Louis, Missouri, Cashflow Tactics, and Vreeland Capital. Uh, you know, Potter, I'm just just so honored and honored and pr- feel so privileged to be here today talking to you. It's just great. Did you say you feel like an otter, like the, the no, river? No, honored and, right? honored, oh, honored honor. privileged. Honored. Uh, this, show, this show is doomed. It, it's doomed. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start with our first question. 
What is the biggest scam you believe exists in real estate? Start us off, Steve. Well, I think the easy answer are all the the fake gurus, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go with that one. So I think the one that's not talked about enough are all the influencers that pitch affiliate products that they get paid for that they don't use. They're ineffective, right? There are a lot of guys. I can't say the product specifically off the top of my head, but we know there are a lot of guys that aren't doing deals that are on social media talking about doing deals, and they're not necessarily selling a coaching program. They're just rehashing things other people have said so they can sell affiliate marketing, right? So I would say the biggest scam are people that aren't doing deals, pitching products that they don't use so that other people will use it and they get paid. I would say that's the biggest scam that's not talked about in real estate. All right. On an unrelated note, Steve's affiliate link is. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Right below. Right below. (laughs) (laughs) All right, RJ, what about you? Biggest scam in real estate. Yeah, I woke up this morning and I chose violence. So uh, (laughs) I was thinking, what would be the biggest scam? What are things I don't like? I don't like realtors, okay? I don't like title companies. And I don't like sales training. Oh, I don't like every business that Steve Train owns. Okay, cool. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to go with sales training for real estate investors when you're buying. Like, we're the only industry that i know of that we have to be taught how to do sales to buy something i think that to me is a scam and i can't wait to argue with steve about this after the buzzer so that's my answer holy shit i don't know if we're gonna make it through a full hour today i I don't know if we're going to all right brewer what about you biggest scam in real estate uh yeah so i think there's there's two things i think the biggest scam is how everybody makes it out to be uh, harder than it is, right? And I think uh, there's this um, belief out there um, that real estate is this protected class that's really difficult to get into. You got to have a ton of money. You got to be connected. You got to know somebody. And the reality is it's just not true. Um, the pathway to get to real estate's super easy these days. There's a, a, a gluttony of free information out there to help people get started. And a close number two, because I have a couple seconds left here, would be the Craigslist where people take my listings that are for sale and they put them out for rent for like 500 bucks and then tell people they need to bring first, last and security deposit. I had somebody walk into my office yesterday with 2,500 bucks to run a house that I have for sale. So it was a fresh reminder that that's a pretty popular scam. That is, that is a great, that's a great point on that scam, the Craigslist uh, rental scam. And it always sucks because you got to rekey the house right afterwards because somebody already rekeyed it for you. All right, Jimmy, what about you? Biggest biggest scam in real estate? Uh, I don't have a great answer. Let's go with title insurance. I'm really excited to watch Steve and RJ get after it. Let's go. <laughs> why did I know? Why did I know it was going to be title insurance from you, Jimmy? I think the last time you were on the show, you literally said this to another uh, question. You were like, "This shit's a scam." Well, do you, I, I mean, do you know where I actually, I think I'm pretty sure Steve Tragg pointed me out to that fact. So <laughs> privately, all right, privately, it was not. Oh, it was. <laughs> all right, guys, two minutes. Go. <laughs> so I, before, I, before we go, Wait, to does RJ, that mean I, just, I can't uh, be an affiliate for your title company anymore? <laughs> I don't know that Steve's going to be an affiliate. I don't know if there is a title company anymore. Yeah, not after today's show. So real quick with uh, what I talked about. Uh, yeah, this scam where people are posting rentals, it's a, it's, a, it's a disaster. I actually had a property where we had to call the police 
to have someone evicted and it sucked because that guy had an outstanding warrant and he was living in there with his daughter and had to watch the police haul this guy away while he's like working out a situation for his daughter, right? For her to play, for her, her to have a place to stay tonight, right? That is, a, is it's a god awful scam. As far as RJ goes, the reason why RJ doesn't understand the value of sales training is because he sucks at sales, right? Like it's not <laughs> fair for him. He's the one that gets closed by the homeowner, right? Hey RJ, look, Zillow says it's worth a hundred, but if you can pay me ninety five, you got a deal. And RJ's like, where do I sign the envelope? Right? Yeah, Are you exactly. on the computer right now? Oh, he's exactly. exactly. I'm a buyer. It's their job yeah. to so you sell, gotta sell me their yourself. House. You've got to sell you, right? So. Mm-hmm. When you're going to an appointment, you're not selling them on getting a, a good deal per se. You're selling on selling them on a get a selling a good deal to you versus Jimmy, Eric, Matt, or myself, right? You've got to position yourself. You got to build trust, but you wouldn't understand it because you don't know how to sell. It's, no. So what do you want? He's got the skills of a PC. His negotiating skills would make a great transaction coordinator. Like, I'm going to send you an addendum. I'm going to send you a contract. You'll sign it. I'll sign it. And I'll get my team out there. Sound good? Like, that's literally, I've seen, hi, this is RJ. Okay, I'll send you the contract for your asking price. It's every video. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's marketing. That's not sales. Right. Yeah, you're right. Because I'm not selling the house. Your I'm people go direct to buyer. Like, we talked about direct to seller agent outreach. The best way to get the most money for your house is RJ Outreach. That's the <laughs> I'm going to teach a course on how to sellers to get the most for their house, and it's cold calling RJ. It's amazing. And I don't tell anybody else. No, there's no. So when I'm talking to a homeowner, they're like, "Well, you know, Zillow says my house is worth four hundred thousand. I was like, uh, "You're trying to get as much money as possible." Like, yeah, okay. Well, I got RJ Bates, and he's willing to pay over <laughs> Zillow. See, here's the thing. Yeah. While y'all are joking about this, this morning while I didn't do any sales training or anything like that. Magically, I bought four houses in an hour that should at least net us around $85,000. So order taking. You're taking orders. I, I, you never, orders this morning. I never made an offer. You're right. That's a good job marketing. That's what that is. Yeah. That's amazing. Look, but here's here's the thing though, right? I don't. As much as I want to beat you up on the sales component, you're doing a phenomenal job in marketing, right? There's no doubt about it, right? Because it's a sales and marketing business. What that tells me here is you're phenomenal at marketing. And I think that's great, right? I'm not taking anything away from that, right? As far as the marketing component. But sales is a difference on the margins you're going to get on that same deal. And it's going to be how many deals you do with that effective marketing. So, I mean, I would say you're world-class at marketing, right? We, we see it with how many deals you're doing. I would just suggest that if you're a little bit better at sales, you would make more money. Here. Going a little long explanation there, Steve. You should literally could have done that half the time. Yes, please. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you, sales coach. Thank you. <laughs> it's always great to hear from the top of Brewer's head. Um, <laughs> look, on that one, just because the energy just came out of the gate swinging, RJ, you're going to get the point on that one. Jimmy, I'm going to need more than six words for an answer on the I next really, question. I really wanted to see that exchange. I, 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 I know you answer. did. And, and trust me, we appreciate you sacrificing your 30 seconds so that that could go ahead and go down. For the record, Our, Steve, Matt just agreed that you're the biggest scam in all of real estate. Matt did not agree with that part of it. <laughs> so RJ also needs to work on active listening. 
<laughs> Agreed. All right. Next up, we have. We're going to take it to football next. All right. The Chiefs unveiled their Super Bowl rings, and Mahomes and Kelsey helped design them. Would you let your key employees design something important in your business? Start us off, RJ. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is a, an awesome move by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they're two superstars that have helped build the, the foundation of this franchise and, and brought them multiple championships. Why not let them be a part of something that is the reward for, for bringing the championships to the franchise? Um, I think it's a, a great move. And, and for us as business owners, um, especially when it comes to the morale boost of, hey, we're rewarding you, uh, why not let them be a part of that vision? Uh, allow them to to kind of explore that side of themselves instead of just being a quote unquote employee, uh, being a part of creating that culture inside of your organization. I think this is an amazing move and uh, something that businesses should try to mirror. There we go. We heard it first from everybody's favorite care bear, RJ. All right, Brewer, focus front of class. Yeah, I would say 100%, right? Like, um, here's the thing. I hear business owners all the time, um, you know, complain about, I wish I could get people to, to, to act as an owner. I want them to take ownership. I want them to be accountable. But we very seldom treat them like owners, right? So we want them to take ownership responsibility. But often as leaders, we fail to give them ownership benefits. So this is a class move by a classy organization allowing two of their very visible vocal leaders to make ownership style decisions, right? And I think what it does is it now creates an even stronger team cohesiveness. Um, and it's going to continue, I think, the path of what we've seen with that Chiefs organization. And they will probably run it back this year. Wow, bold prediction. There you go. Let's see what Vegas has to say about it. All right. All right, Brewer. All right, Jimmy. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, absolutely. This is, you know, Jocko Willick talks about this in e extreme ownership. If you want people to take ownership, you have to give them, if they're the boots on the ground people, you got to allow them to design and you got to allow them to create. So like my personally, my dream business is that I just come, I come in set intent, but how we tactically execute on, like I would, I always love it when my team members take ownership for that and design it and uh, go chiefs. It was a great move. Nice. All right. So 50% of the PTD crew has now called the Chiefs uh, Super Bowl for 20. What would that be? 2024. Awesome. All right, Steve, what about you? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I agree with everyone else as far as like it being a classic move. You know, you look behind you, right? Look behind Potter. That was all designed by the team behind us, right? Uh, this whole setup I have in my office, I don't have the skills to design anything, right? So they designed us and done a wonderful job here. We got this, uh, this crayon here that says anger on it because I only have one emotion, right? So they made me a crayon for my emotion, which is angry, uh, anger. Uh, and then you guys got to see this on one of the PTD episodes, right? Like the team went ahead and made this for my birthday, right? So I think the team, <laughs> I, I don't agree with all their design decisions, but I support all their design decisions, you know, letting them create it. We hire the people to do what they're good at and we get out of their ways. And then you see that behind me. Jeez. All right. So, <laughs> yes, we design, we, we, we hire the best people and we support them in doing the work. Because otherwise, if we're going to have to be involved in all decisions, nothing will ever get done. 
Shout out to the media team. Never fails. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to the get rich or die that? trying shirt that I sleep with every Wednesday night in preparation of PTV. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, how do you spell crayon? How do you spell crayon? C-R-A-Y-O-N. Oh, I thought it was C-R-A-N. It's crayon, not crayon. Crayon. In Arizona, it's crayon. Crayon. Is there a berry on the end of that? If you attach a fruit to that, would it be a cranberry? Oh. (laughs) Now, I will say the boy devil's advocate on this topic. Um, Could this cause a a divisive... uh, locker room culture in the future when the team decides, hey, these two guys get to design our our championship rings and the number three player is is upset that he's not a part of that. I mean, it is kind of unique. I know Tyreek Hill's not there anymore, but I mean imagine if he was, uh would you know if he wasn't a part of that, is that is that a move that makes them say, hey, I'm not appreciated inside the organization. I, don't I mean, I think what you realize is those two guys are, at least from, from our perspective, the two leaders of the organization, right? So internally, hopefully what they have is that potentially, we don't know, maybe Kelsey and, and Mahomes went to their respective teammates and said, hey, here's our design. What do you guys think about it? What do you like? They may have went and got input from those people, right? Maybe not. But I think as long, again, in a winning culture like that, right, and this isn't like a flash in the pan. I think we've seen how many Super Bowls now? Two in the last handful of years that they've won. You, there's some assumptions you can make about an organization like that. That when that it, there was thought put into that, um, it was done with with proper planning in place, and the people that were given that responsibility didn't mishandle it. So I bet they either a had the respect of their peers that they made the decision and nobody challenged it, or b they involved those people in the decision the way the same way the owners involved them. I don't know yeah, if y'all saw like a, or not, but uh, John Moran actually came out with his future design, and it had two guns on it. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not like they were making there any we are. Team. They 21 making minutes any in. 21 <laughs> minutes in before we had a John Morant reference. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't right? making anything critical like a submarine, right? So, like, it's fine. Oh. John is absolutely undefeated on PTD. He will make an yeah. appearance every week. Well, I don't want to defeat him. I don't want to go against him. <laughs> In his next IG story, he actually reached out to CJ asking if he has any affordable housing in Memphis. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. All right. So uh, on this one, I mean, this is a question. Clearly, everybody everybody uh, agreed. I will say this. Steve has given a lot of leeway to the guys around here and shown them you know, hey, go ahead and run with it. Do your design, which clearly you guys just saw big virtual Steve. We're going to go ahead and reward the point to uh, Steve on this round. And we're going to get into our top, our top uh, question for the day. After warnings from employees and experts, OceanGate, the company behind the missing submarine, refused to address concerns. And ironically speaking, the CEO is also aboard the ship. As a business owner... What are your thoughts on how the CEO and leadership team handled the safety concerns? Start us off, Steve. Well, I mean, it's pretty clear they they failed, right? Um, I I'm not really as disappointed with with the owner of the uh, submarine company of OceanGate, whatever, right? Like entrepreneurs, we're designed to screw things up, right? We have a habit of being 
reckless more often than we should and taking chances when we shouldn't right i'm kind of curious is there not like an faa for like underwater <laughs> uh travel someone to regulate and like test the the pressure test the the controllers um i think that a lot of owners uh tend to be more risk tolerant and willing to take chances and you can only expect I know RJ hates regulations, but you can only expect us to go as far as we're allowed to go before we get our hands slapped. And unfortunately, this guy uh, found out the hard way. Uh, he, he went too far. Yeah, he probably should have paid for the upgraded uh, PlayStation remotes to control his sub. All right, RJ, what about you? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a pretty sad situation. Um, and unfortunately... Um, I think some of the decisions that were made by the, the people that joined this, they, they probably were told about the risk, um, but maybe due to their success in life, their, their net worth thought that um, the negative side of what could happen would, would be avoided. And, um, you know, we, we don't know what's happened to them. Unfortunately, I think we, we all know what the, the end outcome is going to be. And so um, I think that's uh, it, it's sad what happened here. And I agree with Steve. I, I wish that there, there should have been some way, uh, some sort of regulation uh, that said, hey, this is not safe. You're not allowed to do this. Um, and, and I do think it's sad that it's it's become such a big part of our news. Um, where people are making jokes about it and stuff like that, because I mean, people's lives are lost. And uh, I just, I don't think that's a joking matter about this. I've seen a lot of people make jokes about it and that's just distasteful in my opinion. Absolutely. I think everybody will agree on that part. I completely agree. Cause I've never heard RJ make a distasteful joke and I'm never. glad he's on board with like, that. The guns and John Morant and gang <laughs> violence doesn't have lives at stake. It's only five people in a submarine with it. He's more right. sad about the loss of the PS3 <laughs> controller than he is anything else. John Morant is waving a gun around on IG live. All right. That's just being stupid. No one was uh, hurt. No one died. All right. Brewer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I, I'll, uh, I'll play along a little bit, and and certainly this is you know a super sad, unfortunate situation. However, I think there's there's times in civilization where people had to push the envelope and paid the maximum price, and as a result of paying the maximum price, they've paved the the, the way for very important innovation. Right? You think about the the first people to take flight, the first people to to go to the moon, the first people to to literally do everything are always ridiculed and people tell them they're going to die. They're, they're, they always tell them they're, they're doing something that's impossible. So I respect the, the bravery, right? And by the way, they took like seven or eight of successful trips with the exact same PlayStation controllers to the same spot, right? So we truly don't know what happened. And I think there's always going to be naysayers when you push the envelope, right, um, that are going to tell you you're crazy, and uh, this is an instance where it's easy to look back and say they should have done something differently. And it's hard to argue when it ends so sadly. Um, but I think that's that's sort of the nature of the beast of being a trailblazer. Nice other side of the coin there, bro. Well, I appreciate you bringing that to light. All right, Jimmy, what do you uh, got? Yeah, my initial thought was 
like just to get this thing insured. Like it's not like these guys are cowboys just taking people underwater, like not concerned about safety. I'm sure there's a well-trained submarine captain who has a pre-flight checklist, like, and I'm sure there's a process to go underwater. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did everything they were thought they were supposed to be doing. And some type of black swan event happened that they didn't anticipate. And so like, as a business owner, my thoughts are like, that's what keeps me up at night is we're trying to get better every day. We got systems, we got processes, but like what black swan event am, am I not thinking about? And then all the time, Jim, people are saying, Hey, Jimmy, that's risky. Should you be doing that? And I, you know, I can be flipping and blow them off. And then I just, the black swan event doesn't happen and I don't get hammered for it. So uh, when I saw this question come across today, I, as a business owner, I was trying to be a little introspective and say, hey, what am I overlooking in my business right now? Yeah, I think the other thing, too, we're talking about, you know, it, how he kind of maybe dismissed. I mean, I don't know what kind of feedback he had, but if you had feedback, right, like it's he, you have incredible responsibility. You got people's lives at stake. You got to prioritize safety above all else. So uh, I could like only Steve, guess, like, right, just take the devil's advocate. Let's say they planned for every contingency they possibly knew of, but then some black swan event took them out that they did not. Like, that's, yeah. That's what they're saying. Right. Like they actually had seven backup plans. It was like, none of which required power. There was these inflatables. They had backup motors. They had all of these things that required no power. We won't really know what happened until some point they're able to recover the wreckage or, or, or somehow get some type of, um, evidence as to, to, to what happened, but um, they might have got stuck, right? They prioritized safety. They took all the proper precautions and there was something that happened that was um, unforeseen um, and those contingency plans didn't address. But I mean, again, they, they took, I believe, I think, unless anybody else knows, there were like seven successful trips with people inside and the CEO went. It's not like he was like, yeah, y'all go ahead and let me know how it is. He, he's dead. He's with them. He paid yeah, the office. I was, was going to say that, Eric. I mean, obviously, the CEO believed in the safety yeah. protocols that they had. That he he made the decision. I will go down literally um, in the ship uh, with the team. I mean, so there's something to be said about uh, the belief that he had as a leader in his organization and and the protocols that they had put in place. And uh, for the sake of everybody, I mean, it's sad that it happened, and I, I, I hope that it comes out, Jimmy, that there was a black swan event, and that's the reason why this happened. It doesn't come out that it was, hey, we clearly knew that this was a, a problem, and we just ignored it, and that's what caused people to pass away. Um, by the way, side note, not sure I'll ever go out beyond six foot of water again, right? You got the Titanic and a literally a, a bulletproof submarine, both um, that ended tragically. Let's just stay on shore. Let's we, we can all just uh, make that a new rule, right? We go to waist level water and we, we U-turn and we come back home safely. I'm, I mean, it's a good plan to stay alive. Absolutely. Um, going to go, going to go ahead and give this round to Brewer because he clearly actually did research uh, things to be fair, they had done four test voyages and then they had done three where they actually took tourists down to the Titanic. And also to his point, everybody, everybody looks crazy until they've done it. And I think that's the thing that 
makes the most sense there. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that safety should be third or anything like that, but you have to push the boundaries to go further in life. That's just the way that it is. I think that's what we always talk about on the show. So good job, great, Brewer. Great explanation, Potter. Great explanation. Disclaimer, my research was between about 1230 AM and 2 AM last night. Um, I watched somewhere between 75 and 80 TikTok videos on this topic. So <laughs> Outstanding. Shout, hey, shout out uh, to TikTok. Can we get a judge intervention here? Um, no. I, I think we should replace RJ's poster back the way it was before the show. Ooh. I'm not going to lie. I do love that poster. It's uh, legendary. Someone on my team actually just sent me, just real quick, uh, debris of the Ocean Gate sub is believed to have been found within the last half hour. Scientists yep. think mm-hmm. that the sub may have imploded due to lack of support in the hull of the sub. Damn. So, yeah, I, that over to me. I had read, I had read on the way in that it looked like the Coast Guard had found debris uh, near near the Titanic site. So, uh, it's unfortunate. Thoughts and prayers to everybody involved in that situation. Um, next up, everybody's favorite topic: attorneys, closing attorneys. Do they promote and protect their clients' best interests? Go ahead and start us off, bro. Uh, yes, closing attorneys do. Um, I think there's, um, you know, a lot of conversation around this with title insurance. Title insurance probably is the largest scam uh, in real estate, but I do think there's an extremely um, high value to having a closing attorney involved. Right? It's the interpretation of the title report that actually carries the value, which is probably worth. A few hundred dollars. There's no way they should be charging um, thousands of dollars for title insurance for it to be reissued over and over and over and over. Uh, but there's a lot of moving parts to real estate contracts. And some of that interpretation needs to be handled by a legal professional, right? Whether it's a description, um, a, a gap in a closure somewhere um, with the deed and the plotting, um, or maybe you know some type of, of zoning issue or um, listen, a lot of times we sign up for some of these bigger deals um, for institutional financing that has clauses in it that me as an investor, I'm moving a thousand miles an hour. I'm not slowing down to read uh, the fine print about an adjustable rate or a, um, you know, a, a clause in there that they can call the note. Um, I think you know, a closing attorney, uh, particularly for real estate investors, um, is extremely valuable. Um, it's the title insurance that they issue and the premiums that they charge that I have a big problem with. Mm, we'll give you partial credit on that one. I, I feel like that could have been a little better. Probably enough Good. to win with this group. So yeah. I'll, well, I'll I mean, it. you know, you you got two minutes to get it right afterwards. All right, Jimmy. What about you? Not title insurance, closing attorneys. How are we feeling? Is this a state by state thing? Yes. Uh, I've. I have to recuse myself the question. I've never used one. We don't need them in Missouri. I I have no idea. I'm assuming if it's a big transaction, sure, they're valuable. <laughs> That's the most Jimmy damn answer I've ever <laughs> heard out, in my entire life. Out my partial credit's holding up so far, baby. <laughs> Shit. Well, hey, here, you know what? I'll give you the influence answer, and I'll give you the influencer <laughs> affiliate answer. So something I have no experience with, something I have no idea what they do. I'll give you both sides of the coin too. Oh my God, title in these title insurance people there, these title lawyers, they're the greatest. And my affiliate link to use the one I use and trust is right here. Or there we go. Uh, 
I have no knowledge, but they're the worst. You shouldn't even trust this. And then somebody takes that advice and goes and completely messes up a transaction. So there's my influencer answer. (laughs) Outstanding. Everybody make sure to use uh, Jimmy on the affiliate link, uh, code Jimmy V. All right. Next up, Steve, what about you? Closing attorneys. You know how you have the friend who is like absolutely wrong about everything and you try to explain how they're wrong. And then in the end, you're just like, all right, I believe that you believe that. Right. Like that's just kind of how you resolve that <laughs> argument. Um, I feel like attorneys believe that they are protecting the client's interests, but they're not right. They're putting themselves in the way uh, oftentimes of, of helping uh, their, their client. So uh, there's a reason why they're known as deal killers is because they, gunk up the whole process and make it way more difficult and complicated for absolutely no reason. I think attorneys are the only industry that are below car sales people. And I think it's for very good reason that they are. Damn. Oh. Jeez. I think the survey, that's not me. Uh, look, I, I actually will say, I think Steve's actually right on that. I think it's like lawyers or attorneys, then it's car salesmen. Then it's like, I don't know. I think realtors. And then RJ Bates. Uh, it's it's RJ Bates, then realtors. All right, RJ. What what about you? What are your thoughts on uh, closing attorneys? I, I cannot wait to hear this one. I love how we keep ragging on influencers and is started by Steve when he's the biggest influencer on the show. That's amazing. <laughs> but Steve, you're um, the only one who has integrity, RJ. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hey, shut up. It's my turn. All right, so here's my thing. No, they are not promoting the the seller's interests or their client's interests. They are protecting themselves and their interests first and foremost in the transaction. Um, And especially in attorney states, I mean, that is a miserable process. We talked about this a little bit last week. Places like New York, New Jersey, uh, Massachusetts, these places, I mean, some deals are almost impossible to even get to the closing table just to get attorneys to communicate with each other. So if that's the case, if they're really doing it to promote and protect their clients, wouldn't they be overly communicating, making sure all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted? That's not the case. They are making sure that they are protecting themselves. And if the deal closes, nothing can blow back on them and they cannot get sued by another attorney. It's the worst answer ever. Communication has nothing to do with protection. (laughs) It doesn't communicate like an attorney's job when you list the top 10 things is not to be a great communicator. What are you talking about? So you're protecting, you're representing the seller. You're the attorney in an attorney state representing the seller. Your job's not to communicate to the, the buyer's representation and make no. sure the deal gets looked No. So what the I, hell are I'm you there for? <laughs> That's it. But you have to be able to talk to the other attorney to protect your client. It's extremely selfish. Your, your, your perspective is because you don't get what you want from the seller's attorney. So it's extremely selfish of you to say that they don't do their job because you don't get what you want. You don't have the seller's best interest in mind. Nobody so they have to reply to RJ's attorney. The deal doesn't close. They, they kill have to reply the to RJ's attorney. Maybe, maybe the deal's not supposed to close. Bad deals shouldn't close. Bad buys, bad sells. 
there, some of the best deals are the ones that don't close. And that's that sometime is the buyer. There's deals you shouldn't buy, probably 75% of the ones you ink. And if you had an closing attorney on your side, maybe they could talk you out of some of those bad deals. Holy so God, what man. I would do is instead of sales training, you should go get a closing attorney to have you just talk you out of your bad deal. Somehow on this question alone, all of the bullshit that's come out of your mouth has surpassed all of the bullshit that CJ's ever said on part of this. You literally said attorney. Shout out to CJ. Attorney and great communicator. They, they, they have nothing to do with each other. Their job. Zero. Okay. Literally. So Eric, on a closing, are you where saying they are representing that it's either the, the buyer or seller, their job is to make sure to communicate to the other attorney to make sure that we can make it to closing to close. No, that's not right. It's to, to, to legally analyze the terms of the agreement and advise their client about the, their um, exposure, any possible litigation. Um, they have to legally provide, not, they're, they're not a transaction coordinator. It's, a, it's not a closer, it's a closing attorney. The attorney portion of that title proceeds and outweighs the closing part. Legally, you think they will that not talk to anybody else in the transaction but another attorney. So if they can't, if they don't communicate, that's why the deal never makes it to the closing table. No one else can okay. commu communicate with them. Okay. I think Jimmy wanted to say something. So Eric, so I mean, it sounds like you're hinting at it's somebody else's job to do this communicating. And I'm assuming you're saying it's the set. Our job as a seller to do the communicating. Correct. But you can't in the closing it's attorney's not state. an attorney. You can't do that. What? No. The, in an attorney's sure state. The, a seller can't talk to a buyer? I cannot. The attorneys will generally preclude to, them. I cannot communicate to the seller's attorney. He has to talk to my attorney. I didn't ask you to talk. The seller's attorney communicate to the seller, the seller should communicate to the buyer, and then the buyer should communicate to the buyer's attorney. And I would argue the attorneys get in the way and do the not. The same way with agents. Suggest. You don't, you don't <laughs> call, you don't have a list agent call you as the buyer. So the, no, the agents talk to each other. The buyer and seller don't talk to each other. The realtors talk to each other. They have a, they have a legally binding relationship. They're splitting commissions. They have a relationship. They have a joint effort in getting the deal to close. The attorney has one singular purpose to protect their client. That's it. It's not actually to get the deal to close. Eh, that's second. But it's a closing attorney. Like their job is to close the deal, though, bro. Right? Okay. Step one yeah, is to protect I, no, I'm with Brewer. The attorney's job is not to close. That's not their skill no. set. Their skill set Jimmy, is you refuse you refuse yourself. You're out, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an influencer, Steve. My opinion matters on everything. Like, uh, you just don't get it. Steve does one deal a year. RJ's the worst <laughs> negotiator in the history of real estate. Jimmy's a legit, the dude runs a fund. He's got a he's got wealth in one of his company's names. Like you guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you forgot to mention I'm also a top influencer. <laughs> but exactly. Prior military, you dudes just, you should actually apologize to Jimmy and then no, apologize never. to the audience for A, disrespecting him and B, putting out garbage information. Well, I, you, and then Steve, do you apologize. mean all attorneys or just closing attorneys? He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Ask, well, ask his done. staff to answer for him. He doesn't know. I've never done a he transaction with a closing attorney, right? No, I period. You work with people that were closing attorneys. Closing attorneys. <laughs> 
never right? done a but transaction. But I work with people that deal with closing attorneys and they're frustrated because the closing attorneys refuse to reply to emails. And if the closing attorneys refuse to reply to emails. This is all Artie is saying. He's not saying be an effective communicator. Just reply to emails so we have a status update. Well, well, if they won't let you know are, where they're at, how can they close the deal? Look at I the question. A, it says, do they promote or protect the client's interest? It doesn't say, are they effective communicators? Okay. And when you but go I'm out and hire you're not closing the deal. Nah, dude. I'm, I'm a question. I'm going to just let this one go. We're ahead of schedule. We started on time. What I just said, everybody listening to this podcast is is thinking this. Here's my last thing I'll say about this. I've got a deal in New York. I think we're moving on, RJ. Thanks. Deal in New York right now that the seller's attorney. Hit the buzzer, Potter. Hit the buzzer. Will not not review the contract because it came over in a PDF. (laughs) He's killing the deal because it came over in a PDF instead of a Word document. And the other attorney says, I will Listen, lack of court, here's a military term. Here's a military term that two of you civilians won't understand, but Jimmy will. Lack of poor poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. You guys are foobar, and it's not the attorney's problem that you sent over a crayon-written contract and a PDF. Level up, dude. Level up. Get out of the basement. Get in the office. <laughs> so that that went about according to plan. Um, <laughs> I see both sides of the fence. I honestly do on this one. I took it to the chat. RJ wins. Like it is what it is. He does win. As someone who does transactions in attorney states, title and escrow states, and things of that nature. I understand what RJ is saying 100% of, I don't need you to be a good communicator. I honestly don't, but every attorney that I've ever worked with, not every attorney, most of the closing attorneys, they do not do a good job of getting anything back in a timely manner. I'm not even telling you to do it in a fast manner. Just, you know, maybe before close of escrow that, you know, we could start there. All right. Next up. Apparently, Jimmy has been, you know, chomping at the bit for this question. You know, he's sitting there yelling at me to start this one. Um, oh, sorry. Well, I just woke up again because the last, like, two minutes, two to five minutes of Jimmy's sleep. My bad. What are we doing? We're, we're going to go ahead and slim up the show to only three panelists. That's what we're doing. Uh, what do you think of Morgan Stanley housing analysts uh, believing that – wait – we're going to start that one again. What do you think of Morgan Stanley housing analysts no longer think home prices will decline this year and instead stay level to the same prices that we had in December of 22? Start us, RJ. Well, I can't wait to hear Jimmy's answer on this in St. Louis, where housing prices have stayed the same for 75 years. So. Oh, no, we got to hear how it's so hard in Dallas. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think this is any surprise. I mean, I think we're already kind of seeing this, um, you know, for those of us that are doing transactions, um, unlike Brewer, even though he claims he does. I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> two? <laughs> uh, you know, I think we're seeing that the, the comps from, you know, January all the way into to late May have pretty much stabilized. We're seeing that the values are there. Um, I'm glad to see that they're saying it's it's going to stay that way for the rest of the year uh, because we obviously the market, the values have been a consistent topic here on PTD 
where we've tried to predict what's going to happen in the future. And so with them saying that, that feels good for all of us because that means all of our businesses should be safe and secure for the next six months. All right. All right. Brewer, what are your thoughts? Um, that's certainly no surprise, right? I think um, when people say that the housing market's going to crash, uh, for everybody on this show that's that's actually operating, paying attention to day by day, week by week, real transactions between buyers and sellers, um, even if there's a closing attorney involved, um, I still get the deal done. Um, but I, I think there's there we've seen it right. Like we've seen uh, the number one indicator is always going to be supply, and until there's a an indication of a supply change that's always going to precede any crash or housing pricing reduction. And, and across the U.S. and most markets, the supply is still a, a really, really big issue, right? So we, we did see some isolated markets like Phoenix and Dallas and Idaho and some of these, these other markets where supply shot up real quick. They suffered a little bit with price. But across the U.S., there is still a massive housing shortage. So, yeah, there's no surprise that we're not going to see prices decline because the, the supply isn't going to change in 2022. If anything, it's gotten worse. It's gotten harder to get a house this year. Um, and this, the, the supply has gone down. So, um, duh, is all I have to say. Uh, this isn't obvious. Supply. So one one word that we're going to tie to Brewer, Brewer this uh, show. Supply. All yeah. right, Jimmy. What what about what about you over there in uh, Missouri, where apparently prices have stayed the same for seventy five years? I just I got to get these Morgan Stanley guys on my team. They're so bold. It's about to be July fourth, and they're making a six month prediction. <laughs> that is so bold. Uh, but it's pretty now. If they made this last fall, made made this prediction, like that would have been interesting. Which I'm not sure anybody was saying that, other than people who were on the ground doing real estate, saying there's no way this is going to be a crash because there's no supply. Like, who cares what the interest rate says? Um, as far as a real estate investor, the other part of this is there's a shortage of supply. In St. Louis, prices are actually up 7% from this time last year. You got a shortage of supply, prices are up, and rents are continuing to skyrocket. So like, everybody's been bagging on real estate as an investment vehicle. And it's like, it's the tried and true thing that continues to work. So someone accidentally sold the property for 10,100 and prices went up 7%. Skyrocketed. <laughs> Wait, RJ, quick, do the math. What would it have sold for then? <laughs> all right. All right. Not, not exactly a, uh, a, a bad answer there, Jimmy. Um, you know, to be fair, though, a little research on this. Morgan Stanley actually predicted back in the fall, which would have been before December pricing, but back in the fall, they had said that we were headed for an 18% reduction year over year. So you know I mean, I, I got to get these guys on my team. They absolutely. Like ball. You, you can you can pay them with Werther's. All right. Next up, Steve, what about you? Uh, I would say I am surprised it took them this long to come to this conclusion. Uh, we've seen an appreciation in the Phoenix market month over month, uh, I believe since February, right? So uh, Phoenix led the downfall and uh, or one of the leaders in the downfall, and we've been uh, appreciating consistently uh, month after month. So uh, the fact that it took them until near the end of June to make this bold prediction, 
I would say I'm really just more surprised it took them this long because what they said is it's so obvious. It's like um, this isn't even newsworthy. I would say it's not even relevant. I think we all, we've already came to these, this conclusion two or three months ago, if not earlier. And then, Steve, how far did Phoenix drop, and then what's it up now? Uh, I think we dropped, all in all, about 20% from the peak. Uh, and now I want to say we're up like 5 or 6% uh, from the beginning of the year, approximately. Wait, any idea what so. you're down from, from the trough? And when would you say the bottom it bottomed at? Uh, bottom? Pop you mean like, what, like when exactly did it bottom? Yeah. It was December, December of last year. There was we had like six days where it was a buyer's market in Phoenix. Right? <laughs> six days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Potter, Potter can attest. He's he's more active on the realtor side than I am. Isn't that isn't that clearly? The, yeah, well, you know, obviously. I, I do. I do more experience as a realtor than I am on this on this panel. Absolutely, so, closing deals with attorneys over here. That's just what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would get like last fall. What was terrifying me is that, you know, it was like whatever happens to Phoenix happens to the rest of the country six to nine months later. And then, it does. Uh, you know, that we did not see that in the rest of the country. The last no. time we like, were on Barton the Disruption was like six months ago when we were right in the middle of that. I'm pretty sure your answer about are you worried about the, us being in a recession was fuck no, I'm in St. Louis. Yes. Uh, was talking, like, that was your whole answer. No, it was a sophisticated <laughs> economic answer about uh, revolving around supply, revolving around the Federal Reserve. Like that was like on old school when Frank the Tank like says something articulate. <laughs> Frank the Tank. I I think we're gonna have to just refer to Jimmy as Frank the Tank from now on. Um, <laughs> no, uh, real talk though. In in Arizona, yes, it was. It was December of last year. Um, you know there were a lot of deals that could be had, you know, there was stuff that was listed on the market 390. We were able to end up acquiring those at like three, three ten, three fifteen. 15. There's still those deals, but they're few and far Potter between. Single handedly ruined the market. Did that require any sales skills Potter? Or was that, uh, since you were <laughs> buying was, was it Actually, just like, funny you bring up that example, Potter, I just acquired a deal at El Mirage for 300 and sold it for three fifteen, And now he's selling for 400 so thank you for bringing up that example because some of us with sales skills still do that so to improve your sales skills you should have sent that to me 85 grand equity you i was gonna say you should have sent that to me i would have just sold it off to the hedge fund that's buying here and voila dude you probably got 50k pop right there sales skills on on his Uh, part so I'm going to need Cassie's number because clearly that's who a, I need to communicate with. He's a this. CC, he's a <laughs> transaction coordinator. Both of you all have access to all of my deals. <laughs> all right. That was a great round. I appreciate everyone's insight. There were some bold predictions about supply there. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to go ahead and go with, um, God, I mean, everybody was so well thought out there. We're going to go ahead and uh, throw Jimmy V in the mix. I I do appreciate Jimmy V trying to get the Morgan Stanley guys on board. Uh, Feel free to reach out to him. uh, Use affiliate code Morgan Stanley, Jimmy V, the Lou. (laughs) That's the the real spot of my team I think I'm missing is a Morgan Stanley analyst. Like, I got to get that. (laughs) Please, no. Absolutely not. We cannot have Morgan Stanley partnering with with Jimmy on this. We can't. 
Class up the joint. <laughs> or class up the can joint. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that board meeting where you have the people from Morgan Stanley diving into deep analytics and then Jimmy Breland? And then Jimmy being like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Is it going to make us money or not? <laughs> Interest rates are 7%. Yeah. Bye. Bye. That would be awesome. All right. We got question. We got question number six coming in here. With summer heating up, what new initiative are you taking up? Go ahead and start us off, Jimmy. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> Got to think, uh, think on your toes, man. We're doing our first <laughs> meetup uh, next Thursday. So uh, big networking. Hey, you're invited, RJ. You should come check out St. Louis. But we're doing our first meetup for, for networking with wholesalers, buyers, investors, things of that, things of that nature, inspired from – all the CG meetups. If Brewer's there, it's a hard path. <laughs> make sure you wear make sure you wear your Viking helmet when you go to St. Louis, the nation's number one most dangerous city. Um, <laughs> you, you won't need your Kevlar helmet equipped with horns. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Steve. What about you? What new initiative are you taking up? Uh, we haven't launched this initiative. We're still evaluating it. But, you know, Eric actually had a good idea a couple of episodes ago about agent outreach, RJ's favorite topic. And uh, we're considering executing it. So I'm still figuring out whether it makes sense or not, whether we want to allocate the resources to rebuilding a realtor team. But it's possible our summer initiative might involve Eric's one good idea on this show that we've had about time after you know 59 episodes that brewer came through you know with something from the think tank all right rj what about you what new initiative uh are you going to be taking up this summer well in the tune of steve <laughs> i'm going to say the one good thing i've ever seen eric brewer do i'm going <laughs> to try to to replicate um eric is the the best gift giver i've ever seen and he does it in a very thoughtful and timely manner. And uh, I, I feel like I need to do a better job of recognizing people that have made an impact on my life. So an uh, initiative for me that I'm going to be doing is similar in nature to what Eric does. Um, giving out timely gifts, um, surprising them, making an impact on their life, um, and b just strengthening that relationship. Um, so actually... Um, it's in the mail as of today. Um, Eric will be receiving my first gift that I'm giving out. And I've sent him a tree because I want him to remember <laughs> to be consistent as a tree. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> or tree. Um, uh, I'll anxiously be awaiting. <laughs> wow. Um, you said thoughtful. Our, you said thoughtful. Man. Uh, thoughtful indeed. All right, Brewer, what about you? What new initiative are you taking up? Um, I, I can't help but address. It was, uh, I think, a, a moment I'll look back on for years to come to actually get some encouraging, positive words from RJ. So I don't want to let that that moment es escape us all without <laughs> recognizing it. Um, yeah, that, that was that was nice of you to say, and I'm, I'm glad that I was able to, to have an impact on you. Giving gifts is 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 awesome man it's it's super cool to see 
the people receive it and selfishly you'll feel good about it, right? So everybody wins. It's uh it's something I really enjoy and I get a lot out of it. Um I think for me this summer, um, I am taking bold action. Um, I was inspired by um a keynote that I saw a few months ago. Um, and he said next is easier than 2x. And I think I've been walking around most of my life thinking about how to double down, right? It's literally part of like our language. We say it all the time. Let's double down on this. Let's double down on that. Yesterday inside of our company's quarterly strategic meeting, I challenged myself and everybody else to think 10 times, 10x. And it literally took the end of our meeting where we assigned priorities and rocks and responsibility of being like a three-hour ordeal and it made it 20 minutes because when we pushed ourselves to think 10x, it eliminated all the dialogue about who, what, when, and, and how. And it made it like, hey, the only way we can get it 10x is if we eliminate all these other things and we focus on one. So for me, this is hot boy summer and it's all about 10x. Ugh. And uh, that's my summer initiative is I'm going to start thinking in multiples of 10 instead of two. So I need to send you 10 trees? I mean, start his own forest. Or a 10 foot high tree. There's there's a couple of different ways to look at it. They'd be a lot more thoughtful than just a tree. I tried True. to think of giving a gift to Steve, but uh Roy couldn't figure out anything that he's ever done. He couldn't find he couldn't find any personalities on Amazon. <laughs> 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 there is no personalities on Amazon. Oh, how do I just? I, how do I walk? Just, just do I just walk off the show? Like what do I do? I would, yes. be a great. You might actually get a point if you left, um, which, would, which would be a nice change of pace for the show today. Oh, jeez. All right, let's wrap this up, Potter. I'm pretty sure I took the crown. Uh, it- so I'm I'm just absolutely flabbergasted every time I host this show. All right. I'm going to say for the gift givers, I have been the recipient of one of Brewer's gifts. It was extremely thoughtful and timely. And i not going to lie. I do appreciate it tremendously. I don't know why Steve's making a face over there. He better calm down. Um, that being said, for the gift givers on the panel, uh, I'm going to award a point to Brewer and also to Mr. R.J. Bates. Which means RJ won this week. The Viking has won. How? I, I don't know. This is this is a real estate scam. This is what this is. <laughs> this is the biggest scam in real estate. Matt's judging. It's okay. It's I mean, to be easy to win. Look, I can't believe I missed that. Look, Steve. To be fair, though, like you don't like when RJ hosts because ultimately you don't like his judging. But then when you go head to head against him. Mm, when was the last time Steve won? Uh, it was like a month. Well, let's ago. change the topic. <laughs> I think it was four. Tw- I think it was four twenty. Steve Did, didn't four twenty. Steve win. Yeah, four twenty. Steve four twenty. Steve like see that's the thing. Steve needs to come with that four twenty energy again. Maybe you can send right. him some trees. Yeah, um, some trees, RJ. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in with us today on the show. It was great to see everybody on our panel. Going to go ahead and let them say goodbye to you all. All right, we'll start it off with our champion today, RJ Bates. Uh, Awesome episode, guys. Uh, Yeah, after this is over, hop on over to my YouTube channel. Just search RJ Bates III. 
We're live every single day uh, from 10 a.m. Central to 6 p.m. Central. Uh, today is day 36. We have sent 129 contracts. 85 have been signed. And we've sold 33 of those so far for just south of a half million dollars. Uh, if you want to learn how to do this business, come over there, watch how we do it, and uh, pick up some tips. Awesome. Great, great work there, RJ. Next up, Brewer, say bye to the people. Uh, yeah, had a lot of fun today. Um, feel like this was a critical moment in mine and RJ's relationship that uh, we, we'll build off of with uh, – <laughs> There was some exchange of niceties there that we're not used to. But again, Titanium's number one multifamily buyer. That's me. Jimmy's number one draft pick in basketball. Steve's sales coach, not his personality coach. And father's daddy. Well, looks like Brewer just solidified he'll never win again. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining us this week, Brewer. All right, Jimmy. Say bye to the people. Uh, bye everybody. Um, that to Brewer that 10 X that keynote, uh, that yeah. book just came out. And for the audience, that is a phenomenal audiobook while you're driving around looking at houses, 10, 10 times is better than two times. Appreciate you as always, Jimmy. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us this week, Steve say bye to the people. Uh, so thank you all. It was a gig. I, I didn't know what we were doing a roast today, so I really appreciate it. Um, I want to say <laughs> that, uh, it's every Thursday. <laughs> it took a long time, but Eric gave officially the worst answer ever in the closing attorney conversation. So I want to congratulate him for winning that belt. Uh, so we'll wrap up here. Thank you all. I uh, hope you guys got a lot of value today. And uh, we'll do this again next week. Maybe if I if I have the I want to show up with the, with these hooligans. <laughs> sounds like there's a good uh, gift to give there. Let's send Brewer a belt. I don't know. <laughs> Just sounds like a good idea to me. All right, everybody. Thank you for. I'm down. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We will see you guys next week. Hope you have a great one.